talks right here we gonna talk about it right here we gonna talk about everything you like i'ma make it real real clear it's today talks right here we gonna talk about it right here i'm gonna talk about everything you like i'ma make it real real clear because it's today talks and i'ma talk about it yeah because it's today talks and i'ma talk about it Welcome to the Tanae Talks podcast, the podcast that entertains and educates, the podcast where you come to laugh and learn. I am your host, Tanae, aka Tanae Talks, and I am so excited to be doing today's episode with you as I have a very special guest. I call all my guests special, but this is like my girl by girl, like from way, way, way back, who's doing major things globally. She is indeed a girl boss. She is all things Black girl magic, and I'm just excited to have her on the show. Today's show is entitled The Journey of a Girl Boss, as I will be talking to CEO Danielle Walton, the CEO of The Hoop Mob, home of The Hoop excuse me, home of the hoop earring. And as you can see right now, I'm rocking some hoop mob mob merchandise, which is the Africana study. So make sure y'all go to www.hoopmob.com so y'all can be a part of the culture too. Before we get started, I do want to shout out our sponsor, Today's show is brought to you by Ray Skin Essentials. Ray Skin Essentials is a natural skin, hair, and wellness store. All of the ingredients they use are carefully sourced and curated for each product. 99% of their store is organic and free of preservatives and parabens. I live by their um, moisturizer. As you can see, I don't got nobody's makeup on and the skin is toning because I've been using it for months. So make sure that you use code TANAE, that's T-Y-N-E-E, code TANAE, and get 15% off your entire Ray Skin Essentials order. Go to www.rayskinessentials.com and you can follow them on all social media platforms at Ray Skin Essentials. But without further ado, I want to welcome the phenomenal, the talented, the hype, the dope, the beautiful CEO of Hoot Mob, Ms. Danielle Walton. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Let's get it in. Yes. <laughs> Listen, for y'all who don't know, Danielle and I have been rocking for almost 20 years. Yeah. Ooh, oh, wait a minute. When were you a freshman? You were a freshman in? Oh, two. Oh, one. Oh, two. It's been 20 years. It's been 20 years. <laughs> 
crazy. crazy. Baby, we ain't old. So we don't we don't look like what we've been through. Okay. <laughs> hey, baby, we done been through some things, okay? <laughs> So Danielle and I, for those of you who don't know, we attended high school together and we were cheerleaders together for Flint Central High School. The real big red. Red. <laughs> Period. And that's what they got to know because it's another school on the other side of town that we trying to claim it, but they get out. No. They get out, <laughs> <laughs> Like When y'all came in from the magnet program, we heard y'all from the way. So for those of you who don't know about the Hoop Mob, Hoop Mob was created for those women who ever felt like you couldn't wear your hoop earrings in that corporate meeting. If you felt like you were in a roundaway girl, because we are, <laughs> but Danielle wanted you to know that it's okay and there is a space for you. And Hoop Mob was founded in 2019, right before the the pandemic. So can you tell our, my listeners, my talkers, how you came to the idea of Hoop Mob? Um, okay, it's funny because my friend, he, he just was like, tell him what you, tell him what you searched on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I was a new mom. So I had my daughter in 2018. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. And I've always been, had an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I was making candles before. I had a magazine, all types of things. And I literally was typing in YouTube, like, how to make a million dollars. Like, business ideas, forget your rich or something, you know. Nah, Hoop Mob came about, but I was learning, like, marketing skills and stuff like that. Or, like, really what I was learning was, um, e-commerce business you know what I mean and but then I'm like what could that product be for me um I was helping my daughter's dad with um his brand and I'm like I really like this I like that people you know you drop a product people are excited about it like the shipping the process all of that like I really like this but I was trying to figure out what that could be for me um and I'm like huh when I I don't know where hoop earrings came from but but it popped into my mind but when it popped into my mind I'm like this is not just like a business because it means something to me and I know like I know it has a whole history and a background as far as my culture is concerned and um our culture is concerned and um I knew that I could speak to it authentically I knew that I could um you know, provide styles that people would actually like because I would have been in fashion and just um, worked retail, worked corporately in New York. So I knew that I had like a little bit of style and I could, you know, buy properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was important to me because the other businesses, businesses I tried out, I felt like I didn't really know how to market them because Maybe it was a little far-fetched for me, or maybe it was, like, even far-fetched for my customers to understand. I remember I was trying to, like, offer styling services, and people in Flint don't, you know what I mean? They don't, buy, they don't hire no stylists. <laughs> baby, they come as they are. Come as you are, okay? <laughs> All are welcome. So, um, this, I was like, okay, I, I can easily grasp it. Customers can easily grasp it. I know I can easily speak to it which I think is a, a huge business tip. Like if you can't easily speak to or easily explain what your business is, then you need to kind of go back to the drawing board because like people need to understand it. So 
Yeah, that's how Hoop Mob started. I literally, I was searching for an idea and this came to me and it felt so like simple, but real and authentic to me. And I think that has like helped with the growth of it. I really love that. When I think about the branding of Hoop Mob, it is as recognizable to me as McDonald's. Mm-hmm. When I think of Hoop Mob, McDonald's, Burger King, the symbol, you know, you could go to China and you're going to see McDonald's. You're going to see those golden mm-hmm. arches. I'm going to see like the italicized Hoop Mob. Um, when I think of hoop earrings, my mind mm-hmm. instantly goes to Hoop Mob. Like it's been a, a long standing staple in our culture for years, but you yeah. put a name on it, right? Hoop earrings. Yeah. Even the shirt that you're wearing, if you could like show yeah. like what you're wearing, it's a long hist- history of women, um, yeah. hip hop culture, music, ready with, you know, with Diana Ross in the center from the 70s and probably even the 60s and the 50s. The hoop wearing yeah. has been a constant staple, but you put the name there and now we're going to say when we think of hoop earrings we're going to definitely think of the hoop mob okay? <laughs> make sure y'all follow the hoop mob on instagram yes <laughs> the information will be below so make sure y'all check it out make sure you subscribe make sure you go to the web map and sell out so you you mentioned flint and people not being into <laughs> into styling you have such a, a journey history and I feel like I've been along for the ride to see it yeah. even when you had the office in downtown Flint for Live Lux magazine and and the release yeah. parties and even moving to New York and Walton home with the candles like yeah. it seems like I've seen everything and I it's been yeah. just a joy and a pleasure to see it so when you mentioned Flint and I was perusing your Instagram stories earlier and someone was like wow like this is so dope like from you coming from Flint and maybe mm-hmm. people don't understand the totality <laughs> of what we mean yep. when we say somebody made it out of Flint we literally get it out the mud the, the murky waters no <laughs> pun intended no pun intended. Water crisis. But it's not the glass. <laughs> but baby, the murky waters are real. So when we yes. have someone, you know, like Kim K saying, you know, you got to work hard with her starting point being Calabasas. <laughs> and your starting point being Flint. Uh, <laughs> tell, explain what does that actually mean? And, and think about this quote that we often say when we say Flint chicks hustle harder like that's a mantra for us can you can you speak to that well yes okay because we are on today today is 313 day right so Flint is not Detroit get that clear we never claim to be Detroit and I even think Detroit has like a little bit of an advantage over us Mm -hmm. um just considering its rich history Flint doesn't have that you know what I mean like I feel like we do have a lot of people who have made it who have in different industries like we let people touch different industries but we're such underdogs you know what Mm -hmm. I mean we're such like I told somebody else like we are scrappy like it has to be so intentional for us to make it like it has to be very um like you have to have crazy determination like nothing is going to happen by happenstance coming from plants like you're not just gonna run into somebody that's like oh you know if you're a beautiful six foot tall woman you're not gonna get no modeling deal in street plant you know what I mean like or if you 
like for me, like I've always like danced and, and styling and stuff like that. Like that's always been something that I was interested in. And my mom, you know, she would put me in different things, but it's like, it's only so far. Um, you can only go so far in Flint. And um, I think it's important. A lot of people who do make it from Flint, they do have to leave and then make it, it and, and bring it back. You know what I mean? In some kind of way. Um, so I feel like if I didn't leave, even for that little bit of time, or or two, if I was, I was always so enamored with TV. Just like, I don't know, I looked at it like, oh, okay, something about it feels to me and not just TV, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you know, back in the day, we was watching The Hills and The City and stuff like that on MTV. I was telling somebody like, now we have the choice to like, <laughs> you know really uh control what we want to watch back then everybody was watching everybody you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it wasn't nothing so the things that they were doing I'm like huh okay I would love to intern in New York or you know something like that so although I went to Mott and now I'm like at first it was kind of like oh, okay I don't have a degree but I went to my community college and it's like I still didn't allow that to like deter me from trying to get internships in New York or, you know, really pursuing fashion. Um, I knew I could finagle, okay? I could finagle my way up to these rooms and being from Flint, it's just you have to, like I said, get scrappy. You have to have, like, a crazy determination because, like, no one is checking for anybody from Flint. We even (laughs) say, yeah, I'm from Flint. Oh, Detroit? Hello? (laughs) Did you hear what I said? Did you... F and a D. Did you? Where did you get that from? And they'll we'd be like, that's forty five minutes away. Like, yes. <laughs> and it's so funny. Like we, um, I don't know. I feel like we all stick together. We all find each other some kind of way, mm-hmm. no matter where we are in the world. Like, I was in Miami. Do you know I ran into Milton? Harvey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like. It was crazy, but we all like, I don't know, that that's like a like a brotherhood. That's almost like a fraternity sorority. You know how wherever yes. you go in the world, that's your sister, that's your brother. That's how it is being from Flint because we've literally kind of all we got, you know what I mean? And the the I feel like the relationships are a little deeper. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, when you're when you're a mom and you're doing stuff from home, <laughs> your children. You saw my eyes go up. Your your children just—I saw them in my eyes. <laughs> my Please believe. I understand. <laughs> Wait a minute, the mom eyes. But yes, to your point, Flint is its own sorority fraternity. Um, my my future husband always says we that we are our own tribe. So when you think mm-hmm. of like. <clears throat> When you think of like Nigerian culture, a lot of like the Yoruba and and the um, yeah, I can't think of the other the other Ebo Ebo. Yes, when they come to America, they have you know spaces for them. Like even in Dallas, I'm sure in New York, and I feel like that's how it is with Flint people. Like we we can venture off somewhere, but we always find each other. In LA, there's like a Flint tribe. Here yep. in, I'm in Dallas and like we have like Flint to Dallas. It's like a whole tribe. It's yep. like we Atlanta, always everywhere. gravitate to each other because we have a unique experience that only we yep. know about. Yep. 
Exactly. And so I just think that is great. You, <laughs> you, you touched on so much. We, yes, our starting point is different. We don't start on third base for sure. We mm-hmm. probably start like outside of the field. <laughs> we in the dugout. But oh, okay. <laughs> Now we in the dugout, maybe we red-shirted, but we walk on and listen, that's, that's the, the, the grit about us, right? We, mm-hmm. we get red-shirted. We don't even make it on a team like the other players made it, right? Through scholarship and being recruited. Mm-hmm. We come in and we be like, oh, you going to red-shirt us? Put me okay, in the game cup. Yes. Let me show you yep. what I can do. And we're always out of there. Yeah, you, know, you have people like Corey Stokes. He's traveling the world. He's featured in Vogue and all these high-end magazines. Robert Demery, he's an actor. He's been in some of your most notable movies from the mm-hmm. James Brown movie, uh, acting alongside Chad with Bozeman. He just did an episode of Law and Order. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy because yeah. when you said you saw Melton in Miami, like we be everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> he's from Flint oh, I saw him at the corner store I went mm-hmm. to high school with him you know it's a real thing so being in that journey history going from your magazine going to mod you've even done uh an industry you were a car salesman oh my god <laughs> and I door dash like you really yes I was door dashing uh 2020, like the year that mm-hmm. Hoop Mob took off, mm-hmm. earlier that year, I was doing that. <laughs> and, and that's what we got to do. And I'm so glad that you say that because people think that entrepreneurship is just a glitz and glamour mm-hmm. and you wake up. Like you said, you were Googling how to be a millionaire. They think that you hit Google, press enter and boom, the money comes. Like, no, you yep. got to work for this how has your work ethic changed or improved over the years oh that's a great question because um I'm a terrible employee like (laughs) I'm gonna just put that out there like I've had 50 11 jobs okay like (laughs) I was dating somebody and I was like oh yeah I used to work there I used to like (laughs) Where haven't you worked? Like, just how it goes from Popeyes to car salesman to everything. Like, I had a million jobs in my lifetime, but I was, and I was always great at, like, you know, making a good impression and actually, you know, performing well, but my, the fumes, like, the gas, you know what I mean? And then I would be a terrible employee. And I would always wonder, like, why can't I just be happy here? You know what I mean? Like, when I, um, was working in New York. I had got a corporate job at Brooks Brothers and I was like, okay, this is great. Like corporate fashion job. Like that's the goal. You know what I mean? That was like, felt like almost, you know, a good like timestamp of like, okay, you kind of made it. This is, this was your goal was to get into the fashion industry for real. You know what I mean? And, um, girl, I hated it. I was like, this is, this was not, what I thought it would be or um, not what I really envisioned and I would like beat myself up of like why can't you just be satisfied with this like why can't you just step back and but I would always have you know ideas the other two girls it was so so funny we worked for Brooks Brothers which is 
you don't think of us when you think of Brooks Brothers, but um, <laughs> it was three black girls. We all worked together in the same department. And we was like a little crew, but they would um, joke about how I had a new idea every day. <laughs> and I did. Like, I always had like, what if such and such this, you know, I will always have like a new business idea. Um, and, and I like resented that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm sick of having all these ideas and nothing really leads to nothing. You know, like, it, I feel like I can have ideas and not um, make money from them. You know what I mean? So work ethic. My work ethic has changed because when I worked for people, um, like I said, it would start off great. Um, and then the gas would run out. And I knew I was like a terrible employee. Like, I just didn't want to perform. Or I would do stuff at the last minute or um, you know, too, I just felt like maybe I wasn't being valued or the skill set that I knew I was really good at. That's not what was being used. It was like, no, we actually just need you to do this. You know what I mean? Um, and I knew I had much more to offer. So, um, but now it's like, I have to show up, you know what I mean? But it's not, it's, it's not like a, a bird or it doesn't feel like oh you know what I mean like it's it's like you can directly see the effects from your the work you put in you know what I mean you can directly see like okay if I put this much time and energy in this is what we're going to get out you know what I mean and so <laughs> what do you talk about work ethic I when the hoop mom was like taking off and I was doing it I started doing it full-time pretty pretty early because I was unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> Ooh, that'll do it. <laughs> got to worry about me. <laughs> got to worry, about, worry me. about me. Okay. <laughs> so um yeah I actually I had a social so I was doing social media. So I had a client but it was like part time and um you know she was based in DC so I wasn't you know it wasn't enough to cover all the bills. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. And so when Hoop Mom started taking off, um, like I said, I was doing it full time, but I was doing the, let's just, let's just count it. I was <laughs> uh, doing the website. So I, you know, updated the website. <laughs> I would um, take the pictures. So I would do the photography. I was a model in the pictures. Um, I would edit the pictures. I would send out the emails. Mm -hmm. I would do the customer service. I would ship the packages. I would um, package our earrings. You know, we have special packaging. I would package them. It was, that's like what, nine things? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the girl, you was doing a lot. Okay. Are you the work ethic was great. <laughs> okay. So, and, but it just kept growing. And I'm like, okay, I can't stop because it's growing. And, um, it was like giving me a rush, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I was like, oh, it's seven o'clock, I ain't ate today, you know what I mean? But because mm -hmm. I was just so, I started to form a routine for myself, which I am just not a routine person, but mm -hmm. it helped, you know, to like, okay, in the mornings, that's when I pack, pack orders, then I answer emails, then I do this, then I go pick my baby, up, you know what I mean? So it was, it was a great like way to get myself organized and have a routine, but that work ethic for me, because I know that being an entrepreneur is, is a part of my purpose, like it showed up right away um, mm -hmm. when it was time for me to do my own thing. 
That is, oh my gosh, you were doing, so So now so with you saying that you were doing all those things and now you have your family surrounded by you to help kind of fill in those gaps. When did you know that to say, look, I got to outsource some of this. You know, they say black women are the hardest working people on the earth, on the planet. <laughs> and we will work ourselves. A lot of times when we feel like that, if we don't do it, it's going to mess Love up. It. Like, when did you have enough enough courage to say, I got to outsource this? I need some help. Mm -hmm. So my mom and my grandma, they started, like, volunteering to help me. Um, They would come over in the evening. My mom would come over after work, and they would help me package the earrings. So that, you know, that point I was starting to buy, like, hundreds of things at a time. And so... Um, they will come over and like help me package stuff or my mom would like come and take the um, packages to the post office for me because I had victory and um, so they would just come over and help and then the turning point is we let's see yes we have hit six figures in sales and then I know crazy um, but Kiana had had an opening for her um, law firm, mm-hmm. which I marked myself. I went to that. They had an opening and she was talking about, you know, and then she had her staff and stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, I feel like I need to hire somebody. I'm just scared. Like, I don't know if I, if I can, you know, and she was like, you can. And I was like, <laughs> That's exactly how she said it. <laughs> like, how do you know? She was like, just think about it. Like, if you do this, it's not going to hurt you. Like, it's going to help. You got to really think about, you know, Kiana's mm-hmm. talking about a minute. <laughs> you really got to think about how it's going to benefit you in the end. This is that. And then, I don't know if you know, you, I'm sure you know. Um, don't put my mind now. What's uh, Kevin's wife? Uh, which Kevin? Pastor Kevin. Oh, Sharita. <laughs> yes, oh my God. Um, Sharita. You know, Sharita is a little bit more soft-spoken, a little yeah. bit more like classy. She's like, oh no, honey, you need to hire somebody. <laughs> right. Lay down your burdens, child. <laughs> and that really opened my eyes and like put things into perspective. You know, I talked to Pam about it. Pam is my um, accountant. And um, I was like, okay, I think I could hire one person at the very least, you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. like I said, my mom had been helping me. And unlike myself, my mom is like the best employee. Like mm-hmm. every job she's ever had, people, they loved her, you know, they, she's the one that they don't want to see go, you know, she's <laughs> right. the one that's like, we wouldn't know what we would do without you, you know? So she's mm-hmm. like amazing. So I knew you know, a lot of people have apprehensions about hiring family, but I knew, I'm like, no, my mama, she's a great person to hire because she would, one, because this is, you know, my business, she, it's a personal thing. So I know she's going to take care of it like mama bear, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just know her work ethic is like crazy, you know what I mean? So um, she came over one day and I'm like, I need you to quit your job and <laughs> work for Hoop Mob full time. And she's like, okay. And I was like, so this should be your last week at work. <laughs> she's like, oh. <laughs> okay, so soon. Okay, got it. <laughs> you know, but she hated that job anyway. So 
it was like blessing to both of us and that we cried it was like a moment for us um Mm -hmm. but yeah it really took for me to be and that's why I think it's important to always be connected to certain people because um had she had Kiana not you know had her business going and had that bit of advice to offer Mm -hmm. I don't know when I would have felt comfortable to do it you know what I mean um but just her and Sharita putting that into perspective like okay it it wouldn't you know take away that much and we would be able to do more there's only so much I can do person um and I think that's what a lot of people like with investing in your business and um growing I think a lot of people are scared of the cost all the time Mm -hmm. scared of the investments that you have to make but um you know, as long as you have a plan for the return, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think it's, that's the bigger picture to look at. It's like, okay, look at how much more we can do with the team. So what does the, the same scared money don't make no money? What does that mean to yeah. you? It's true. And I, and I have, so I went to LA on a buying trip one time and I took my friend um, Crystal with me mm-hmm. and um, she was having, she was starting her boutique at the time. And I'm like, it would be good for you to come out here and just see, you know, how it goes down. And like, you know, the mob is the mob. The mob is like, gang, gang. We, 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 we gang, gang. So like, (laughs) I can't go out there and get like one or two of of a thing. You know what I mean? I have to really buy, you know what I mean? I have to spend, I have to invest a lot in inventory. And so, you know, um, one of my vendors, she's helping me in and, and I'm like, okay, give me all of this, everything that you have in this color or like, no, I need to take all three of these like mm-hmm. cases of stuff. You know what I mean? And Crystal was like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if I run out of inventory, we run out of money. <laughs> like, and that's what they got to know. <laughs> that's what they got to know. I'm like, so I need to always have inventory lined up, you know? And then it started to click for her. She's like, okay, like, instead of being like, ooh, you know, that cringing at the price or cringing at like, what if I don't sell it? To me, once I knew like the demand was there, I'm like, okay, I need to, if I have more, I'll make more. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that that's what that means to me. It's like, and some even now it's very hard to be like, dang, okay. And you have to manage like cash flow. It's so funny. Like I, I went to my, but I was taking business classes mm-hmm. and a lot of that stuff is popping up. You know what I mean? That I was learning. I'm like, okay, you know, I feel like I was running hoop mob like a drug dealer for a second, but <laughs> after a while. They're the best entrepreneur. After, <laughs> best, best business teachers. Okay. Um, but you do have to put some like, well, they do be putting strategy and organization in place, don't they? Hello? <laughs> Hello, The Wire. Baby, every week they had a new name for it. Got that WD-40. Got that, uh, that's a marketing strategy. They had to yeah. make their themes want to get the best high. You know what I mean? And that that's takes fair. strategy and marketing because they would even put out testers. And I see you even do that like sometime when you do mm-hmm. your lives or how like mm-hmm. it would drop yep. a little um, hints with like the mama necklaces and charms. They would yes. do that. They would give out little free samples and kind of, and then those things would run back like, that's that, you gotta go, <laughs> only go, you know what I mean? As sick as that's, that's what it is. It's real, it's so <laughs> real. And that's what I tell, like now I tell people like, 
<clears throat> you cannot knock anybody's hustle that's like getting it because I'm telling you, so many people want to make things nice and pretty mm-hmm. and brand colors and logos and websites. Meanwhile, <clears throat> Keisha, Keisha <laughs> sold 300 tacos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And she made some money and you right. in the hole trying to get your website purchased. <laughs> you in the hole, baby. Well, as the saying goes, real dope sells itself. Come on. Baby, you got that good product. The people you build it, they gonna come. And baby, you built it. Baby, you built First it. First of all, <laughs> you give it. You, you got too much insider knowledge on this drug game. <laughs> you know, I might have dated somebody who knew somebody who knew something about it. Right, 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 right. We from Flint. That's all. We from Flint. <laughs> that's it. That's okay. all. That's it. That's all. One degree of separation from a different life. <laughs> now, I told somebody the other day, I said, I was so close to being a hood rat. It don't make sense. <laughs> like, the difference between now and being a hood rat is not, it's very <laughs> minute. <laughs> <laughs> baby we still like hot cheetos hello like i i'm gonna bust it down you know what i mean it's the right song come on you know now, yeah you were on live the other day you was like because i fight and i was like <laughs> that's my girl <laughs> y'all here talking crazy oh so- <laughs> I I really wanted to ask you this question. I saw this meme the other day and it says, stay away from people that still see the old you and don't respect the current you. And that's why I, I have to watch myself and not call you Kwani. If y'all heard me slip and say Kwani, that's a nickname, but this is- And that's fine from people who know me like that. Yeah, this is the, <laughs> this is the Danielle Walton CEO, right? But how do you deal with that quote? How do you deal with people that only see the old you, the, the, the thin line, the hood rat version of you? the side ponytail, the twisties, (laughs) and don't want to see that you really have evolved. You're a fashion guru icon. You know how to do the hair. I'm going to do a YouTube hair install video. (laughs) She, you know what I mean? You can walk literally as your brand states, you can go from the boardroom to JB's. Hello. Okay. (laughs) But how do you reconcile that when you want, when certain people is like, Hey, I'm not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like even as a child, because um, Crystal's mom just commented this, um, I've always been this person, kind of. Um, so I think regardless of whatever else was happening, you know, I'm a majorette or, you know, like say, riding out to JB's, I, I feel like people always saw a slight difference in me and I always knew that there was a slight difference for example you know my friends it was a it was a group group fight at school one day you know what I mean and like that beef first of all it had to do with only two people but it's 17 (laughs) people involved in this beef you know what I mean so uh, (laughs) 
but that just constantly, every time we go to a party, we just prepared to fight if we got to, you know what I mean? And I'm like, this ain't really me. You know what I mean? Like I felt, I think I knew it and, and my friends knew it, you know, like that there was a little bit of a difference. Um, and so I think now, like, I don't have to deal with that as much as far as people wanting to like, still look at me a certain way because I've always there's always been like a bit of ambition and um I don't know like I always had drive um even as a child so I feel like it makes sense for me to be where I am now to a lot of people like it makes sense like oh, okay yes because you was always trying to do something <laughs> <laughs> you were set apart you know people know mm-hmm yeah, I think even for you, like this makes sense, complete sense for you. You know what I mean? Like, I think you know, like you recognize whatever we have, God put puts it in us as a child. And if we stick, you know, life, life, and maybe we um, come away from those things that are really true to us and our core. But like most times we go back to those things that are just, natural for us as children you know what I mean yeah. Tanae is a talker you know so <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that like early where you talking about watching tv was so real for you it, it was real for me like even Terrence be like I could just he just cracks up at me most of the time he said I'll see you on your phone making characters up and he'd be like you'd be so into it because that's me at my core I remember we, yeah. my sister and I used to have these Crayola seats but you could mm -hmm. stack them on top of each other and I would stack them and sit in front of the uh, mirror and I'd be like and reporting live on <laughs> you know the news and <clears throat> I would watch Oprah and Jenny Jones and Ricky Lake. And I'm like, that, that's going to be me. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> TV yeah. literally raised me. I don't know what's on TV these days. <laughs> raised <laughs> all of us. Okay. You better sit your buddy from that TV. TGIF was real. Thursday night, you know, all yeah. of that. So like you said, I think it's literally innately in our core. And Monique, the comedian, always says, you know, you got to talk to that inner little girl. You know, because that's who that's who we are at our bases. Our personalities are formed at such an early age. And you yes. just got to don't let it bury you. And with us coming from Flint, I can see how so many people's inner child gets buried. Oh, my God. You know, just marred, you know, mm -hmm. coming from where we come from. So many people have gotten locked up or yep. murdered, like people that are, were our friends who have been yeah. literally murdered. And it's like wow you they didn't they were not able to realize their full potential and so we get so happy when we see one of us make it just like I've been smiling this whole interview because you literally make yeah. me happy you really oh. see you blossom and walk into your purpose everybody doesn't get the opportunity to do such a thing yeah. it's a great yeah. feat you know yeah. what I mean? And having your mom, your mom is fabulous. And I have posed a question to you when I emailed you, how, how did your parents allow you to soar? Because I work in education and I see so many parents that don't allow their children to soar, either mm -hmm. because they didn't do it 
or because they were scared themselves or because they're just scared of the, because they're scared of the world. I know. Yeah. So how did your parents allow you to soar and we get to see you now and you're not even finished reaching your peak. So how did that right. happen? Um, yeah, my mom is a blessing. Like I just was telling her, my grandmother, this, that, you know, Unfortunately, it's uncommon for a Black family, like, we don't have anybody strung out on drugs, mm-hmm. we don't have anybody in, in jail, like, for all of us to be healthy, mm-hmm. and, like, in our right minds, and all of that, and, like, doing good, like, that is such a blessing, like, that creates so much trauma in Black families, it's mm-hmm. just ridiculous, you know, so I feel like that is like a privilege that I have to like have not dealt with significant trauma growing up. Mm -hmm. And then my mom, she was always with the kids. Okay. She was always with it. Whatever I was like, I'm ready to do. She was like, okay. You know, which is crazy now. Like, I remember as a child being upset at her because I would feel like, okay, I was in gymnastics, but then she took me out. Or I was in modeling classes, then she took me out. You know, and I would always focus on like, but I, you know, she took me out of this. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that this stuff is expensive and she is a single mom. <laughs> right. And I'm lucky that I even got to do this stuff in the first place. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I could grown you know as I got older I realized like just how much of a blessing that was that I even got exposed to this I mean I was in a pageant like it was just ridiculous stuff that like out of nowhere I'm like oh my mom want to do this and she would like make it happen you know what I mean so um girl when I was at Longfellow (laughs) she would come home from work I thought of this cheer y'all should do and she would like (laughs) make up cheers for us They was the most ghetto kids you could <laughs> ever imagine. Okay, you want to hear one? Because I know yes, you know it is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was a Bow Wow song. And she said something like, I, I, I want to see you bounce with me now. Like, what you going to do, Whittier? What you going to do? <laughs> but tell her don't ever come for Whittier Braves. Tell her don't ever come for the Whittier Braves. <laughs> would make up tears for us so that's just what you know like she I would say she was not that like baking cookies for the class Mm -hmm. and all that like she was not that type of mom but she literally was um whatever I wanted to do she was like with it and also she doesn't acknowledge the fact that she has been she has had an entrepreneurial spirit herself you know what I mean like we were the candy house in the neighborhood okay so that alone, like she would sell candy out the patio. We would make money one one time. She was like, okay, you can, if you run the candy today, you can take all the money from it and that'd be for your birthday. You know what I mean? So like that, she did hair in the basement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kitchen beautician. Braid people hair. Yes, she would braid people hair. She would give us how we all, everybody in uh, majors, we all had the same blonde streaks because she would do our hair. Um like all these things her and my cousin they sold dinner they would go to like the hair salon and stuff and sell dinner so all of these things like I feel like we discredit yeah. our people you know what I mean like these are entrepreneurial skills it it's gonna look different for everybody but that doesn't mean we should um 
you know, not praise our people for getting getting to it. You know what I mean? Right. So um she she was just an awesome mother. And I remember like my my some of my family who some of my cousins, aunties, uncles and stuff, they would tease me because or not tease me, but they would like, I don't know, almost try to embarrass me. Oh, Connie was at a party, she was doing this, you know what I mean? Like that I'm that my mama would allow me to go out and party and have fun and stuff like that. Um and she would all like when anytime we leave, don't listen to them, don't listen to them. you know, mm-hmm. they they just mad they don't get to do nothing. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> so I feel like she allowed me to have some freedom, but she, you know, I was on punishment, I was still getting whooping some stuff, you know what I mean? She <laughs> She gave me a good balance and I know that she, um, you know, was trying to not like hover over me. Like it was Mm -hmm. just, she was just a great mother, especially to now I know that all mothers are just winging it. You know what I mean? Like we don't know what we're doing for real. Like we're really (laughs) trying to figure it out. So um, I feel like she did an awesome job and like really not hindering us and like whatever, even moving to New York, like Mm -hmm. that was like, girl, a lot of people's parents were like, no, you don't know that. Like, that's just crazy. Don't nobody that it's expensive. You know, the the stereotypes of New York, it's too expensive. All the people, this and that, we don't live with, especially... In New York, Craigslist, finding roommates off of Craigslist is just a normal thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To the rest of America, that is insane. That is insane. (laughs) Right. You you want a serial killer to kill you. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so for her to just be down for that, you know, like, I'm just really, really grateful. And, um, you know, so the same thing applied for Hoopmob. She was like, yep, whatever you need help with, you know, and she is like my right hand. She... Mm -hmm. She always talks about how, like, well, I always ask, are you still happy with your job? Am I getting a five-star rating as a right? CEO? <laughs> exactly, you know. And, you, but that's important to me for everybody to make sure that they're happy because I have been that unhappy employee so many times, you know what I mean? And so, um, but she always talks about how she has no problem going above and beyond because she feels appreciated, you know what I mean? And I'm like, girl, you my mama. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Shout out to Miss Robin. Yeah. Yes. She is awesome. I, the 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 thing that I hear, the theme of your mom is just exposure. Mm-hmm. Even if it was for a limited amount of time because funds were limited, my baby gonna get the exposure in all those yeah. seats. Everything you name, you've done. Yeah. Doing hair in the basement, you. Come on, Danielle, hair tutorials. <laughs> Making up cheers. Come on, Flint Central High School. Yes, Come on, Major. Yes. I mean, you gonna make the A count. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like she is you and you are her. And I'm so glad she did not stifle you. I mean, like I said, working in education, you see all types of parents. So, but every now and then, a lot, most of the time, more times than not, you get a parent like Ms. Robin. And like the fact that she let you go to New York, you, you jarred a memory with me and my mom. My mom was the same. My mom let me do anything. <laughs> if my mind conceived it, baby. So when I moved to Chicago, have you ever seen the Cosby show when Sandra, the oldest daughter, moved to an apartment? And the train went by and the apartment was shaking. It was her and Alvin's first apartment. 
No. Well, that was me in Chicago. I lived. <laughs> the L train went right by my window and it was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Listen, when I moved to the apartment, it was it was in North Chicago. So I didn't live in the South Side, but it was still, you know. Right. And so when we were moving in in the back alley, you know, because in the major cities, there's alleys. Right. There was a, a dumpster behind the alley and a big old rat like this big ran through the alley. Why my mom was in the car boo-hooing? She was like, you gonna live here? I mean, she was crying her face off, okay? <laughs> and she just sat in the car and my baby daddy at the time, he was helping me, you know, move it in. Well, he wasn't my baby daddy at the time. AJ wasn't right, thought right. of, but he was right. helping me move it in. And he was like, what's going on with your mom? I was like, well, maybe I should just move back home. He was like, uh-uh, we didn't get Right, we did all of this. But my mama was just like, and she was on the phone calling people like, it's just like Sandra hugs the ball. <laughs> but baby, she let me move in, even with the tears. She, she prayed you. over that apartment. Yeah. She put yeah. A uh, blessing on it with the crosses of every door. <laughs> the one thing she gonna do, she gonna pray. And that's what they gotta know. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> but my last question for you, because I know you got things to do. <laughs> and I, I enjoy this so much. How is the Hoop Mob empowering women? Uh, we are um, empowering women to just be themselves at all times. Like I have, <clears throat> I remember a very vivid time. Like I remember this conversation. It has always stuck with me. I was, it was back to the bridge in Flint and um, me and Crystal were downtown. Crystal's my best friend. We were downtown. We were sitting where that McDonald's used to be. Mm-hmm. So we were sitting in that parking lot, um, just sitting on on the uh, sidewalk. And I remember having like, I, I told her like, I feel like I'm having an identity crisis. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know <clears throat> which, you know, you feel like you got to fit in somewhere. You know what I mean? And I felt like, okay. I just made it out the hood rat phase. You know what I mean? Like I just skated by. So I'm not, I don't feel comfortable in certain environments. And then you go into these other environments where, you know, okay, you're smart, you're this, you're that, but it's pretty Caucasian. It's pretty like inauthentic to who you really are. You know what I mean? So I was like, I feel like I'm having an identity crisis. Like I don't want to be, um labeled as this for this you know what I mean so I feel like hoop mob in the small way we can like I want to empower women to just show up authentically as who you are in any space like there's no reason why you know a lot of a lot of society will try to pressure you into being being what they want you to be especially in corporate America or whatever but me wearing these hoops in here does not stifle me from putting together this excel sheet you know what I mean Mm -hmm. or me um, wearing these hoops does not mean that you know I'm uneducated or you know 
anything else. So like, I feel like just a way for us to like really bring our culture everywhere with us. You know what I mean? So that's how I want to empower women and to just keep uh, follow through with your dreams, with your goals. I feel like um, if they're looking at who my, that perspective, like this was something that I did. I started it and then I put it down for a little while. I'm still working full time. And at least three people on three different occasions was like, I know you had a lot of good ideas, but this one is the one, you know what I mean? Like you should really not let this one die. Like we know you don't make candles no more. We know this, <laughs> but like, you really should not let this one die. You know what I mean? And I, I listened to that, and I'm like, okay, yeah, people are really gravitating towards this. I feel like it was hard for me to sell the other products, the harder for me to create the other businesses. But this, anytime I put it out, it was just that fear. I was only putting out a few products here and there, and not really investing into who my like I should have, like I should have. But they, the things were selling out, so that. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't clicking at the time. That <laughs> yeah. If it's selling out, you should restock. You know, <laughs> like yes. that means you still have room for growth. You know what I mean? Um, but a lot of those failed experiences were were still haunting me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you tried this, it didn't work. You tried that, that didn't work. So, like, mm-hmm. this probably is not working either. Um, so, yeah, I would just encourage people to just keep pushing through. Like, even even if it's not that thing, you will learn something from that that you can take to whatever is going to be the thing. Um, but just to keep keep on in the pursuit and be like flexible to adjusting if necessary. But yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that because even with Walton home, the candles, right? I feel like you had to curate a certain type of thing for mm-hmm. it to sell. And with Hoop Mob, you have a hoop for every occasion. Yes. And that is authentically you. You, Like I said, it transitions to all these different spaces of you. Whereas with Walton home, you had to be that one thing all the yes. time to curate yes. that. And this transitions with you and your moods, your personalities, yeah. all of that. Um, and I want to end with this quote. And it says, sometimes growth requires new company, new locations, and new mindsets. Amen. So true. And I think you've done that with oh, everything. <laughs> I love thank that. You. And so uh, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know that this will help so many people or at least enlighten them about like your colorful journey of being a serial <laughs> entrepreneur <laughs> and, and it ain't over it, it ain't over that because maybe the magazine y'all got the hoop buy magazine i didn't spend enough with the hoop buy to make it but baby <laughs> we got extras i'll see you one <laughs> but um I, I love that. Congratulations on all of your success. Thank you for coming to Tanae Talks. Um, yes. And we definitely laughed and learned a lot about you today. So I know this will be really great. And in true Tanae Talks fashion, this is your time to give a shout out. So who you going to give your shout out to, girl? Um, shout out to the team. Um, Jessica, Janae, Robin, Dominique, Valencia, Simone, my new uh, virtual assistant, like, and everybody in the group, the hideout, like, thank you for holding us down. Like, 
all the customers, the loyal customers, the people who spread the word, like the people who give opportunities, Ashley Antoinette, like she yes. has like open doors for Hoop Mob. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Like all my friends, Kiana, everybody, like the whole, the whole mob, like shout out to them. Like <laughs> we really them. would not be without them. Oh, I love it. Can I be a Hoop Mob correspondent? Absolutely. <laughs> Cool. Hoop Mom TV for, uh, <laughs> on location because baby, I'm, I'm out for life. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still hosting your baby party next year. Period. Because she's extravaganza. She's planning. We need a whole MC. <laughs> we need we need the David Tutera. Ain't that the man to do all the parties? We need all that. Oh my god! Uh, but Thanks. thanks once again. Um, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tanae Talks. Follow us at Tanae Talks. Be sure to follow Danielle at The Hoop Mob on all social media platforms. If you're on Facebook, be sure that you join the Hoop Mob Hideout for exclusives. And that's where the mob get together and act the whole fool. We be in there. Gang. <laughs> um, don't forget to hit the notification bell to get all new episodes and things about Tanae Talks. Don't forget to subscribe. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to make some money. Get me to a thousand at least. Dang. <laughs> the least y'all could do. Okay. Well, thank you for coming to the podcast that entertains and educates the podcast where you come to laugh and learn. Thanks for coming. Bye. Ooh. I'm supposed to stop. Oh. <laughs> Girl, you good.